The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning. You're listening to the 3CR Spoken Word program. Um, my name is Di Cousins and we're talking again to Barry Dickens about poetry, particularly women poets. And we're continuing a conversation about discovering poetry. And um, so, Barry, uh, tell me, um, what were some of the places you were where you found uh an interest in poetry. Last time we talked, uh, you mentioned reading Alfred Noyce in primary school and then going on to read other poets in secondary school and, of course, having some kind of role in, in Sunday school. What happened in Sunday school? But at, at our Sunday school, ironically, Terry Lane, Terry Lane, the broadcaster, the famous was, broadcaster. he was the minister at our, at our church, uh, or one of the ministers. And then I fell completely in love with verse. And the verse was in the hymns. And people like William Blake had written the hymns. Mm. And a lot of women had written the hymns. And I got really interested in the history of the hymns. And I think I wanted to be a hymnist. And uh, at 17 or 18, I thought, this is it. This is the life, the beauty of the word. you know. And I love the Bible. Like the Genesis is one of the most... One of the prettiest things ever written. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. You can't write better than that. Yeah, um, it is beautiful. And, and uh, somewhere along the line, you discovered Christina Rossetti. Yeah, well, one of the one of the Sunday school teachers had a really good copy of the poems of Christina Rossetti and lent the book to me. And it was a, it wasn't a first edition, and it's terribly friendly of her to lend me the book. And she said, "You may enjoy these." So it was really through the hymns. And my love of the hymns, um, my innocent love of the hymns, into the sophisticated writing of Christina Rossetti, who was a novelist and a, a great letter writer. And then I started to read the the verses. And um, so I was 17 or so when I read Christina Rossetti for the first time, and she took my breath away. So would you like to share one of her poems? I really would. And this this one, Di, is... Um, she was about 30 when she wrote a poem called Goblin Market, uh, which has come out in all sorts of ways. Uh, it's come out as a children's picture book. It's come out just as, as prose poetry, which it is. And one of my favourite Catholic high school teachers uh, can recite the whole thing. Shall I read a couple of pages? Goblin Market by Christina Rossetti. Morning and evening. Maids heard the goblins cry, Come buy our orchard fruits, Come buy, come buy. Apples and quinces, lemons and oranges, Plump unpecked cherries, melons and raspberries, Bloom down cheeked peaches, swart headed mulberries, Wild free born cranberries, crab apples, dewberries, Pineapples, blackberries, apricots, strawberries, All ripe together in summer weather, Morns that pass by, Fair eaves that fly, come by, come by. Our grapes fresh from the vine, pomegranates full and fine, 
dates and sharp bullaces, rare pears and greengages, damsons and bilberries, taste them and try, currants and gooseberries, bright fire-like barberries, figs to fill your mouth, citrons from the south, sweet to tongue and sound to eye, come by, come by, Evening by evening, among the brookside rushes, Laura bowed her head to hear, Lizzie veiled her blushes, Crouching close together in the cooling weather, With clasping arms and cautioning lips, With tingling cheeks and fingertips, Lie close, Laura said, pricking up her golden head, We must not look at goblin men, We must must not buy their fruits, Who knows upon what soil they fed, Their hungry, thirsty roots, Come by, called the goblins, hobbling down the glen. Oh, cried Lizzie, Laura, Laura, you should not peep at goblin men. Lizzie covered up her eyes, covered close lest they should look. Laura reared her glossy head and whispered like the restless brook. Look, Lizzie, look, Lizzie, down the glen tramp little men. One hauls a basket, one bears a plate, one lugs a golden dish of many pounds weight. How fair the vine must grow, whose grapes are so luscious. How warm the wind must blow through those fruit bushes. No, said Lizzie, no, no, no. Their offers should not charm us, their evil gifts would harm us. She thrust a dimpled finger in each ear, shut eyes and ran. Curious Laura chose to linger, wondering at each merchant man. One had a cat's face, one whisked a tail, one tramped at a rat's pace, one crawled like a snail, one like a wombat prowled obtuse and furry, one like a rattle tumbled hurry-scurry. She heard a voice like voices of doves cooing all together. They sounded kind and full of love in the pleasant weather. Is that the end of it? No, it goes on and on. It, it's, it's an epic but it's this invitation to pleasure, which is which is not what the elves have got in mind, and uh, so I guess it took me by surprise that uh, I found it sinister and strange, and 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 also not true poetry in that every single thing rhymes. Lots of sentences don't rhyme. It's, to 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 have written that in 1860, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's got a very subversive feeling to it. You know, it's got that sort of um, D. H. Lawrence sort of hidden sexuality going. You don't on. know where you are. Yeah. Well, you do know where you yeah, are, you which do. is mm. which is. I'm afraid you're in a great deal of bother. But she was a friend of Lewis Carroll, and and her fr- uh, her brother was a famous painter, Gabriel Rossetti, and in the end, the young sister was the one that really became famous through her readings and mm. her grandfather published her first book when she was 14 mm. a book of, he put his own money to the book lovely uh, it's um it's wonderful um such a vision you know i mean it's so well realized she she's really you can see she's seeing the goblins there well i think that the great thing about poetry and, and all forms mm. of literature die is that it's it's ageless it's it's with the ages and for something to be written in 1860, which is so refreshing, it's as if it was penned this morning. And mm. so that sort of kissed me in the brain, I suppose. Her, not her style, but the delivery. Uh, so that was, she was a huge influence. And then um, uh, moving on to other influences, um, when I got to high school, when I was still at high school, which was Marylands High School, 
I had another friend who was a woman librarian who lent me books of poetry too. So by the time I was 15, 16, 17, I was reading a great deal of of women's poetry in in preference often to male poets. And uh, so what have you got there? Well, what I've got here is a, a poem by um, Anna Akhmatova, which I hope I've pronounced correctly. This poem is called July 1914. Should I read this? Yep. And she's a Russian, is she? She's a Russian poet, and this is, I don't know, it's really eerie in my opinion. It, it, it's not in, not in rhyme, it's a stream of consciousness. July 1914 by Anna Akhmatova. All month the smell of burning, of dry peat, smouldering in the bogs. Even the birds have stopped singing. The aspen does not tremble. The god of wrath glares in the sky. The fields have been parched since Easter. A one-legged pilgrim stood in the yard, with his mouth full of prophecies. Beware of terrible times, the earth opening for a crowd of corpses. Expect famine, earthquakes, plagues, and heavens darkened by eclipses. But our land will not be divided by the enemy at his pleasure. The mother of God will spread a white shroud over these great sorrows. From the burning woods drifts the sweet smell of juniper. Widows grieve over their brood. The village rings with their lamentation. If the land thirsted, if the land thirsted, it was not in vain, nor were the prayers wasted. For a warm red rain soaks the trampled fields. Low, low hangs the empty sky. Tender is the voice of the supplicant. They wound thy most holy body. They are casting lots for thy garments. So it's about the First World War. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's so surreal, isn't it? I mean, the, it is, the yes. line of, for a warm red rain soaks mm. the trampled fields. Yes. Uh, and the thirsty earth. Everything is so, yes. so, so alive mm. and, and so original. Mm. And then can I move on to a, another favourite woman poet? This woman, uh, I'm not a historian, I'm just someone with a, a fantastic interest in writing. Uh, Edna St Vincent Millay was an American academic and a critic, a great critic. And what's important for me is that my favourite French poet is Charles Baudelaire, and in my opinion, Edna St. Vincent Millay was the best translator of Baudelaire because she's the only one to have him in rhyme in English and all others have just kept it like, like grammatically pure, but she's dared to put it into English rhyme. So she's a hero of mine. This is called Conscientious Objector by Edna St. Vincent Millay. I shall die, but that is all that I shall do for death. I hear him leading his horse out of the stall. I hear the clatter on the barn floor. He's in haste. He has business in Cuba, business in the Balkans, many calls to make this morning. But I will not hold the bridle while he cinches the girth, and he may mount by himself. I will not give him a leg up. Though he flicked my shoulders with his whip, I will not tell him which way the fox ran. With his hoof on my breast, I will not tell him where the black boy hides in the swamp. I shall die, but that is all I shall do for death. I'm not on his payroll. That's fabulous. So, conscientious objector. Was she a conscientious objector? I, I don't know. I, I just love the delivery. It's just mm. so refreshing. and um, Such vivid imagery. Isn't it? Yeah, she's really sort of takes you places. And then um, moving to the moderns. <laughs> 
is um, uh, one of my favourite Australian poets is Kerry Scuffins, who I've never met. I've never met, although we've, I think we've been at poetry readings in the 60s and 70s, and um, I don't think I've ever met Kerry Scuffins, but um, with her invisible approval, I'd like to read some yes, of her poems. Yes, I'm sure she'd be happy with I that. hope so. I would not want yeah. to offend such a brilliant artist. So shall I read a couple? Yeah, please. We've got plenty of time. The book's called Laker's Run, and I think Laker was a Russian cosmonaut dog, but like, every, like nearly everything I say, I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm uh, sure you're right on that. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that Laker was a cosmonaut dog. I, I'm so wrong that mm. once the Melbourne Times developed a column called We Were Wrong. Oh, yes. Because that's what the age say when there's a typo or a mistake, We Were Wrong. Well, Glenn Rowan, who, who ran the paper, died. He said, you, Dickens, are always wrong. So we'll develop a column with the Dinkus called We Were Wrong. And you can just go for it because you're always wrong. <laughs> lies by Kerry Scuffins. Lies, lies, lies. He's right. If I stop lying, I'd almost have to stop talking. How are you? I'm fine. Lies. How was your day? Okay. Lies. Worked out your typewriter? Almost. Lies. Barflies. Hope you don't mind if I talk to you, love. Sure, it's a free country. Lies. Millions. Just behind my eyes. Do you, Kerry, take this man? I do. Lies. Do you promise to? Yes, I do. Lies, lies, lies. Are you in love? Yes. Lies. No. Lies. Never again. Lies. Webs, nets, hands, eyes, betrayals and lies. Worse lies, secret lies, words never spoken and untold dreams. Buried in forever dark rooms, lies. Silent tears into pillows and wry smiles in the night, lies. And the unplumbed parts of the heart and the bit you always kept and never let on, you had lies. It's very witty. Isn't it beautiful? It's very clever. And yeah. then can I go do yeah, a couple more? As many as it's you just like. heaven to, to mm. be able to read them. The hurricane. The hurricane has abandoned even her name, has gone wherever hurricanes go to die. Inside me, inside me, the hurricane wears a necklace of words like stones, mortality, oblivion, her, the whisper, surrender, her, enormous hunger inside me, her promise, freedom from pain, her lies, the sweetness of evil in me, in me, her name, vanished. Beyond you, the sea, in her loveliest disguise, a light-hearted mood beckons through walls, through stone, Beyond you, calling, the room's a familiar face. Cats fall like random stars, and with feline prescience, no, it will not soon be morning. And when your game is nearly won, you find you're playing on your own, watched by sleepwalkers and lambent carpet designs, drifting through colours that speak of insanity, entropy, stone. You can't dance anymore. The sword in the stone forever. Stone forever. Imagining a life-giving God, a life unable to mourn or walk away, simplicity, 
dreaming of one white rose, keeps alternatives briefly locked and pocketed, until, through braceleted eyes, unwise yet sentient eyes, the sleepwalkers call you home. Is that your name? And their numbers, is that the price? Is admission too high? Futilities, no longer Artemis, but Persephone, gathering the flowers of madness, Narcissus, Rose, waiting for someone to come, or day, knowing you must move further through night into dawn's knife edges, the light becoming abrasive and porous as coral. Footsteps echo not gods but effigies, hunting with sweet devices for softer worlds. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? She's a well-known Melbourne poet, Kerry Scuffins. Um, I'm, you can see her around at yeah. the Dan O'Connell Hotel on a Saturday well, afternoon sometimes. I just and, don't think you can write better than that. And the, the, mm. the moods, uh, it's heroic writing. And mm. it's you don't want to say what it is. It's up to the reader or the listener, but it's just fearless. And one last one, is there time for one more? Or we're we running out of time? No, we've got plenty of time. Well, I love this title, though. It's called Don't Pay the Ferryman Unless He Gets You to the Other Side. <laughs> That's bracketed. Don't Pay the Ferryman is the title of Gary's poem Until He Gets You to the Other Side. The pain is a fist punching up through the gut. Flame, ice, the violent internal weather got at war with herself. The pain is every wrong thing I've ever done hammering in me. I am. I am, I am, realer than the heartbeat and stronger. Lay the plans, pay the price. The pain eats the ache of your leaving, of distance, a highway, a forest, beyond me and beyond the tooth and eye of the city machine. Breathing ashes in dull November, I barricade myself in a room, hanging three storeys up, the third level of greyness, and the dust comes under the door, and gathers in the corners, the books, the stereo, TV, plants, and finally it is all grey. And in the mist, I reach for pain. If I can still feel, I can still survive. And we are old friends, pain and I. In the valleys of nights, after silent nights, we lock together like lovers, like twin souls born of some weird union of need and isolation. Yes, there's a vision. Isn't it yes. fantastic? Yes. The last one is about old folks in an old folks home. Did I read the last one? Yep. Across the Ward. Dorothy Mackenzie's 88 and delicate, beautiful. The art of time, her gentle smile, snow hair, bird bones. She's almost ethereal, but cups her life round her body as though it's forever. I seem to be fading already. Pleurisy, strange fainting fits have landed me in this bed where my boundaries are a heart table padded rails a quarter of her days have worn me down and now i measure all meal times pill times pulses counting seconds away doctors are puzzled they steal small pieces of me to try to work it all out blood samples spinal fluid temperature after temperature i am strange in the presence of my visitors my world shrinks to the one window I can see, the top of Main Street, a blue sky, autumn gold treetops, calling me back into past, turning seasons, when I ran almost free, when I loved almost truly. 
You're listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Programme. And my name is Di Cousins and I'm talking to Barry Dickens about women poets. I, I, mean, yeah. I think with poetry you, you get taken into another world, you know. I mean, and, and it's such a singular vision because somebody is coming to you from a, a different kind of perception, not a mundane, ordinary perception, but a, a, mm. an enhanced perception. Well, some of Kerry Scuffins' poems are frightening. You feel frightened for her or the character that she is. She's not necessarily writing in the first person. But they're women in a jam, women in a pickle, and uh, I think they're fearless and remarkable, and the sentences are like pearls. So I find that with lots of women's poems that they're, they're unafraid of of anything. The poem makes them unafraid. I, I think that um, the most interesting poetry is often the poetry that's prepared to take a risk, you know, the poetry yeah, that's, that's right. prepared to be um, on the edge and, uh, and, and to really... Hmm go past social conventions and uh, expectations and so on and, and go to well, that dangerous places. It's just to finish, uh, to, to quote from uh, a male poet, Baudelaire, Charles Baudelaire is one of my favourite poets, and one of his poems is so simple but it's frightening too, or strange. Do not look into my heart for love, don't look there. You'll only find what the beasts saw fit to spare. Do not look into my heart for love, don't look for that. You'll only find where the mob has come and spat. And it's hard, isn't it? But written in 1854 or something. Mm. But the, the <laughs> it's bileful, but you can understand why he's saying that. You know, people are so mean. Yes. And so beautiful, but mean too. Yes, it's um, hard. Um, I mean, yes, poetry often comes from extreme experience. Baudelaire's introduction to La Fleur de Mal, The Flowers of Evil, is he calls the reader an idiot. You know, it's a strange perversity and fearless. So I'm in love with all those styles. Yes, yes. Now, there was a, another poet you were going to read um, who had a bit of French in her text. Oh, yes, that's right. Now, um, that's this is one of my oldest books called Poems of Spirit and Action. It's, not a, it's a yellowing I purchased this in 1971 in a poetry shop in Flinders Street, Picardy, written by Elise Fane Trotter, F-A-N-E. This poem was written by the mother of a young man, Lieutenant A.N. Trotter, who was killed near Bethune, Bethune in France early in the First World War. In it, she recalled a holiday that they had spent as a family in the same district six years earlier when her son was a boy of 14. There's a pathway through the forest in the Picardy I know, a port where girls haul up the boats with men and fish in tow, and the hills run down to the market town where the country women go, and behind it is the village, and the coastline lies below, and down the road, the dusty road, the carts ply to and fro by the stately frieze of forest trees beyond the old chateau. There were three of us on bicycles upon the road that day, you wore your coat of hunting green and vanished down the way. Les petites chasseurs, les meurs de sœurs, we heard the women say. You vanished as a speck of green among the shadows blue, and children trudging up the hill stood still and called to you. Les petites chasseurs, qui n'a pas peur, they laughed and called to you. 
Oh boys, you wield the bayonet now, and lift the soldier's load. Oh girls, you've learned to drive the plough, and use the bullet goad. But the hunter's laid, still unafraid, near the trodden Bethune road. There's a pathway through the forest and the Picardy I know, and oh, I'll dream and wander there, and poppy fields will glow, and I'll watch the glare of the dusty air where the market wagons go. Yes, it's a very unusual point of view. If for a mother to write that to her son killed in World War One and the remembrance of the holiday, they're the sorts of things that interest me. And There used to be a bookshop in Flinders Street that had a fantastic second-hand poetry section. That's gone now, that whole story's gone. But There was one in Glenfrey Road, Hawthorne, too. Miles, it seemed, of books for 30 cents or 70 cents. And so on a non-teaching day, because I've always worked as a teacher, I'd go and buy armfuls of poets I'd never heard of, and it can be a real treat to stumble onto someone you've, you've never heard of. Yes. Yes, poetry is always um, waiting to be discovered. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you for coming in, Barry. Oh, it's that's great right. to see you again. Good to see you too, Di. This is the 3CR Spoken Word Program and we're going to be running a fundraiser at Hares and Hyenas, 63 Johnston Street, Fitzroy, on the 29th of May, starting at 7pm. There are four features, four fabulous poets, Benjamin Solar, Judith Rodriguez, Peter Bukowski and Sandy Jeffs with a limited open mic. Um, Tickets are $10 and you pay at the door, so I hope to see you there. This is a fundraiser for 3CR. We're going to go to a track, and um, this is from um, a new CD, which is uh, reinterpretations of music by Nina Simone. It's called Nina Revisited, and Feeling Good by Lauren Hill. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting all by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. Woo, and I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on a tree, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm feeling good. Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know Butterflies are having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world Shine, you know how I feel. 
I'm 